I'm Erica Simpson. Don't worry, you're in the right spot. This is the Unshaken Podcast, and you are listening to a special bonus season called Unshaken Moms. I have the pleasure of introducing you to a talk that our regular podcast host, Julie, gave to our moms group at Christ the Word Church. It's titled, Where You're Headed, A Vision for Mothering. So she helps us think through what is optional and what is foundational as we teach our kids. Julie offers a lot of examples along with her fun sense of humor to encourage us as moms. It's very practical with lots of ideas and helps to set or realign your course in leading your kids in Christ. If you enjoy these podcasts, be sure to subscribe to Unshaken so that you're able to get notifications of all of our podcast episodes. A regularly scheduled season drops every Thursday, and this particular bonus season, 12 episodes focused on mothering, will also drop one each week right along with our regular scheduled episodes each Thursday. If you would like to reach out to Julie via email, you can at unshakenpsalms62 at gmail.com. If you have any comments or questions, any thoughts, please do so. I know that means a lot to her. So here now is this talk about where are we heading. Well, years ago, Bill, my husband, and I decided after we got married, well, Bill's parents gave us a week at a timeshare in Florida for our honeymoon. And it was, I was so looking forward to this trip. I, was, I mean, we had had an outdoor wedding in his parents' backyard, which required a lot of work. Not only on getting things together, but like actually yard work. So I was like, whew, I'm looking forward to being done with that. So we did what you did then. We didn't have smartphones. So you went to your local AAA office and you got the trip tick. Now, anyone remember a trip tick? You have just dated yourselves. Just want you to know, no one uses them anymore. Some of you have no clue what I'm talking about. Jill knows. I knew Jill would know what a trip tick is. Okay, a trip tick is you go into the AAA office to the, trip, to the agent and she would say, where do you want to go? And Bill and I said, we want to go to Florida. We knew that that's where our destination was. And so she would pull these little pieces of paper out of this like file thing and they were like rectangle and they had pieces of map is really what they were. She would highlight your journey down there and sometimes she would look at this gigantic thick book that gave where the problems were in the road and she'd have to look up, oh, you know, I-75 all the way down and she'd highlight it in orange so you knew there could be construction. It was like a 45 minute process. It was exciting to get your trip ticked because then you were ready for your trip. And our destination was Florida. So our map along the way, you know, that was our route. And it reminds me a lot of mothering. Mothering is a lot like this. See, we have a destination that we want to get to. Every woman in this room, whether you have kids who are old or young, has a destination of where you want to see your kids at. You want certain things. And sometimes we get this information from the world. The world tells us all around us, you want to have your kid go to this particular university or you need to keep pushing them into basketball because they might get a scholarship in college. Whatever it is, um, and that's one of the ways that we receive that. But then there's other times that we have other ways we hear and find out what a good vision, I'm going to call it, our destination is for our kids. And that's what we're going to talk about today. How do we figure out vision and mission for our kids and what we want to do and what do we do on the journey? But before I talk about that, I have to tell you a couple things. I am not here today to tell you this is my ideas. 
These are all right from God's word, from the Bible. The Bible is 100% accurate, and it has so many good things about parenting and mothering in it. And I will tell you that what I'm going to tell you today is really from there. My ideas and how I did it are my thing, but you may yours might look a little different. However, I want to encourage you to keep remembering this is from God's word. And I have certainly failed <laughs> an awful lot. And I'm going to tell you some of my failures as we go through the day today, so you'll know. The other thing is, I'm not going to give you a formula. You know, some of you math women out there, I don't know where you get it from because I'm not a math woman, but some of you love math and you love formulas and you actually enjoy solving a story problem. I don't know why. But anyway, I have no formula for you today. I'm just going to be honest with you. There's no guarantee that you're going to do all the things I'm going to tell you and you're going to go, yep, my kids are going to do just what I want them to do because it doesn't work like that. But what I'm going to tell you today is commanded from God. And when we in the Bible have commands from God, from the Bible, it's good for us to follow them and obey them. Even if things don't end up the way we think, our job is to obey. Okay, that's my beginning part. Now, here we go. So, vision is a big thing. Vision for our kids is where do we want to have them end up? Where do we want them to go? What do we want them to look like? I'm sure you've thought of this. Some of you probably have ideas in your brain already, and maybe you've already began on that process. Maybe you have elementary kids, and you thought, you know, my kid, I just want him to do this. Well, I want to really challenge you on thinking about your vision. I really think, actually, if every woman in this room who claims to know Jesus, and maybe you're not there yet, and so just listen and come along with us, but if you love God and love Jesus and want to follow him, I think our mission for our kids should all be exactly the same. Are you ready? I think our mission for our kids should be that our kids love and serve God all the days of their lives. That's what I think our mission should be. And because that's my, or my vision, I'm sorry, that's our vision. If that's my vision and that is my vision for my kids, it makes a whole bunch of changes in what I wanted to do when I started parenting. Okay. Colossians 3.17 tells us, and whatever you do in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. This is the verse where I pull that out of for my kids. I want my kids to do everything, whether word or deed, to honor God. I have to do that too. So that's where I'm coming from with my vision. And I hope that you'll join me in that vision, that you'll think, you know what? That makes sense that I want my kids to love and serve God all the days of of their lives. However, you might be thinking, well, how do I blend in, you know, like sports? And how do I jam, you know, like I want them to take music lessons. How do I get this stuff in there and how does it fit? Okay, now hold on because we're going to head on this journey together and I'm going to hopefully give you some tips on how to do that. But before, not before, but let's start into what I'm going to call our non-negotiable missions. See, in life as a parent, there are just some things we do, and if you flip your page over that green sheet and you want to follow and take notes, because I would if I were you, I love notes, Um, but you can do that, but if you don't want to, it's okay. No judgment, all right? So um, there's five things that I came up with from God's Word that I think are really powerful to teach our kids to love and serve Him all the days of their lives. These are non-negotiable missions. You know how when you came today, you drove along the road, right? No one rode a bike, I don't think. Um, If you did, you still had rules to follow. But you got to a stop sign, and um, you saw them, and you stopped, or at the light, and then you did what it told you to do, and then you went on, and you got here, right? You got here safely. You followed the rules of the road. And we have to follow the rules of the road in regard to training and teaching our kids. You also probably had your car filled with gas. You needed fuel. And on your journey... 
of mothering, we've got to fill ourselves up with gas too. A certain type of gas, but we have to do these things. It's called non-negotiable missions. It's just what we have to do. So here are my five, and I'm going to talk a little bit about them. The first one is teach your children to love God's word. Make that be your number one job. If I could tell you anything today and then they closed me down and told me I had to stop talking, this would be it. Teach your kids to love God's word. And you know what? It says in Deuteronomy, these commandments I give to you today are to be on your hearts. Impress them upon your children. Talk to them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road and when you lie down and when you get up. Tie them as symbols on your hands and bind them on your forehead. Write them on the door frames of your house and on your gates. And these commandments are God's words. God's word is vital. So how do you do this? How do you teach your kids to, to love God's word? Number one way, these are like little mini ones underneath that, read it yourself every day. Isn't that crazy that something we do will affect our kids? But it does. And if we read the Bible every day, it changes us. In fact, reading the Bible every day, if you do, it becomes your vocabulary. It's how you talk. It becomes what you do every single day. I'm not saying you have to read eight chapters. I'm not telling you have to dive into difficult books. Start in a simple spot in the Bible. Maybe read one of the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, or John. Maybe read Proverbs. It's full of good things. You don't even have to read a whole chapter, but start every day and make it be a habit, something you do. Then read it with your kids every day. Somewhere along the line, stop and read. It might be that you put a verse in your kitchen on your cute little chalkboard and you talk about it with them at breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Or even one of those times would be great. Talk about it with your kids. If you have an opportunity to read them something right out of the Bible before bed or at breakfast, do it. But just do it. Be positive about the Bible. Don't always be negative. Yep, there's verses that say, be sure your sin is going to find you out. And I'm sure that as mothers, we have all said that, okay? And if you haven't, it will be a part of your vocabulary at some point. But we got to be positive about the good things and the ways that God has blessed us. And we can share the ways in the Bible that he encourages us. Do that too. Talk about what you're reading with your kids. Bring up in just a normal conversation or talk with someone at the table about the things you've read, it will spur them on. It will encourage them to think, hey, she's actually, my mom's like reading this and like thinking about it. And that's really good. And I want to debunk a little bit of something today. I grew up in a home where my dad did not follow God. And so I never, ever did family devotions. And some of you know what I'm talking about. Family devotions are your husband and you get together or you get together with your kids and you read something and you maybe sing a song and, and wow, that is awesome. But I didn't grow up in that. My mom, though, talked about the Bible all the time. She read it and it was just a part of our vocabulary in my house. And I remember this family that I grew up with and um, they went to my school and they had seven kids and for some reason we were there and I was about 14. They were all boys so I wasn't hanging out with them. But they were, um, I was about 14 and we were at their house and he rang this little bell in the kitchen and everybody came running to the living room at about 7 o'clock. And we were there so we needed to sit down and participate and he did family devotions. And I have to say it was extremely awkward. I was like, first off, I'm sitting with this next to this guy in my science class in eighth grade, and I'm like, this is really weird. But I'm not only that, but I had never seen any dad do this. I'd never seen someone take the time to do that, and it was kind of like this awkward, cool feeling. However, I'm glad they did that, but I want to tell you, now here's my math thing again, my statistics. I'm not good at statistics, but 
In my family growing up, my dad did not do this. I never once did family devotions as a kid. And my brothers and sisters, there's five of us, and four of us are following God now. Never did family devotions growing up, and four of us are following God, serving him. Of this family that did them, there were seven kids in the family, and only three of them are following God. And three of the four that were not following God have decided they don't even believe there is a God. I'm not telling you this to tell you don't do family devotions. That's not what I'm saying, and I want to make that very clear. If your husband or someone in your life does family devotions, or you want to sit down with your kids and read God's Word, then do it. Support your husband. Do not grumble about it. Do not go, I'd rather be knitting, or I'd rather be doing the dishes, or complain to him, or complain about what he's teaching. You are blessed. If your husband does that, support him. If he doesn't, don't grumble either. Do not think that family devotions are going to make your kid grow up and love God's word. They are a tool, and they're great. And be on task to support your husband. But if he doesn't, don't grumble. Take time to read the Bible to your kids. Find ways to talk to him about it. It might be a little harder. It might be different, but do it. Okay. That's my soapbox on family devotions because I think it's really important to remember that anything we do, any system that someone gives us are just tools. We need to make it be a part of our heart and we need to make it be a part of our lives. And that's what we do when we read God's word and we teach our kids to do it. Number two, teach your kids to love God's word. Number two, teach your kids to make church a priority. If you want to see your kids love God and serve him all the days of their lives, get them to church. Get them there when... The doors are open. Okay, maybe not for mom to mom because they, well, yeah, for mom to mom because it affects you. So, yes, get them there. Okay, Um, in Hebrews it says, and let us consider how we can spur one another on toward love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another all the more as you see the day approaching. You know you're on your trip to Florida like I was, and you look over on the side and you see the little blue sign that says food, and in it is a sign for Chick-fil-A. And do you not just have to get off the road and go to Chick-fil-A? Yeah? you got to get your chicken minis or your waffle fries. You know, you're thinking, I just need me some waffle fries. So off you go. And what does your phone do when you get off the exit ramp? Rerouting. Rerouting. It says rerouting. And it tries to get you back on track that same path. Well, that's what church does. Church is our rerouting button. Being at church is good. It reroutes us. I get off every week. I start thinking about how how hard my life is, or I get frustrated with one of my kids, or I'm tired of being a mom, and I'm thinking, I don't know that I can do this anymore. And getting to church on Sunday, I'm encouraged, and I'm blessed, and usually someone talks to me on Sunday morning, and I'm encouraged by what they say. And I get to sit and hear what the pastor says, and sometimes I can apply every single thing in that. Sometimes it's one little nugget that that pastor has spoken, and I'm like, yeah, this is what I need for the next week. So get to church. And don't just get to church. Get to your op- the options. If your church offers Sunday school, get to Sunday school. Make it a priority, as much of a priority as getting to Sunday morning, because it will reroute your kids. As they grow up, it will help them to stay on task and hear good things. Their friendships will start to grow here. It is a good thing to do. Serve in your church and also talk about the ways that God has blessed you with the women and maybe even some of the men in the church that have gifted and blessed you along the way. When you are blessed in mom-to-mom this year, if you're pregnant and you are blessed by getting meals, talk to your kids about the blessing of being in a place where people care enough to bring you a meal when you have a baby. This is not how the real world works. They don't really do a whole lot like that. So be thankful and be appreciative of the work that happens. 
All right, number one is teach your children to love God's word. Number two, teach your children to make church a priority. Number three, teach your children to obey authority. Romans 13.1 says, Let everyone be subject to the governing authorities, for there is no authority except that which God has established. The authorities that exist have been established by God. So this is really important because eventually, probably most of your children will be working in a job someday. If you teach them to obey authority and to come under authority, it will bless them so much in their job. And there's so many ways to do this, but one of the best ways is if you're married here today, come under the authority of your husband. Listen to him. Let him lead you and guide you. Follow what he's encouraging you to do. Don't argue with him all the time or nag him. Just be appreciative of the work that he's doing. Honor authority that's in your life, like your children's preschool teacher. Maybe they want you to bring in cupcakes and you're kind of grumbly about it. Well, stop being grumbly and make cupcakes and take them in with joy. Maybe it's you've asked someone to watch your children. You've put them in the care of another mom in this room. And your kids don't want to obey that mom. Teach them to do it. Talk to them about it. Remind them that this is authority that God actually put in their lives right then. Even last night, I was talking to one of my kids who's going to public school this year, and he was complaining to me about a teacher situation. And he was saying, it was just boring in my class, and all we do is read and write answers to questions. And I could have said, you're right. You're right. We should just do something. Maybe I should talk to that teacher. I'm a really good teacher. I could give her some tips. But instead, I had to choose right then. Am I going to teach my kid to obey authority? And I said, you know what? That's what it is. You get your work done. Take a book you like to read. When you're done, if she lets you, you read your fun book. We can make this happen. Sometimes in life, there's hard things. Be honest with your kids and encourage them to submit to authority. One time years ago, I had, was sitting in your shoes in a mom's group just like this. And there was a panel of women up, on the, um, up in the front. And um, I was really excited about learning from these ladies. The topic was discipline. And I was like, my, Jacob was my oldest, was one and a half. And I, was, I think I was pregnant with Anna. And this one lady said something that has always stuck with me on discipline. It was probably the be- one of the best tips I ever got. She said um, that in her life growing up with her kids, she said yes as often as she could. She said yes as often as she could. But when she said no, she meant it. It went back to what God's word said, and she disciplined for it. Now, here's what she said yes to. Yes, you can play with Play-Doh at the kitchen table. Sure. How many of you love Play-Doh? Probably not very many. But yes, you can paint. Let's get out the watercolors. Yes, you can have a friend over on Sunday afternoon or on Thursday night. Yes, go ahead. Yes, you can play out in the rain. Go ahead. Yes, you can ride your bike down the street. Let's just make sure we review safety. Yes, yes, yes. Give your kids a lot of chances to say yes. But when you say no, teach them authority and stick with it. Follow through on authority and make sure you're not saying no to your kids out of fear. I had a TV show when my kids were little. They were probably five, three, five, seven, something like that. And there was a TV show on PBS. I'm laughing because some of you probably watched this show because I just dated myself. But anyway, we'll get there. I'll tell you. So I remember I saw the commercial for this PBS show and I said, no way, we are not watching that show. It just looks evil. And my kids were like, okay, you know, because they they were obedient. Plus, they didn't even know where the remote was, which helped. Anyway, and then um, I came home from a doctor's appointment, and there was my husband eating popcorn with my kids on the couch watching this show. 
I said to my husband, did you not know that I don't let my kids watch Cyber Chase? And he said, no, as he's eating his popcorn. And I think my two kids sitting on the couch with him were like, oh, this is fun, you know, watching what's going to happen now. So I said, he goes, why not? Have you ever watched it? I said, no, but I saw the commercial and it looked really evil. And he said, well, did you know that it's full of math and science? And right now they're trying to figure out the irregular area of this building because hacker is going to come and get them, you know, which is the character in the story. Well, I had said no to my kids out of fear. I never watched the show. I'm not recommending you go home and, you know, buy on Amazon all the episodes of Cyber Chase. I'm just saying, be careful. Think through it. Process it. Think to yourself, does it really make sense to say no? Can I say yes? Can I help my kid walk through this right? Maybe I should have sat down with my kids and watched the show with them. Now, I really want to know how many of you watched it as a kid. Okay, good. I feel better. I was not the only mother that had to cross the line and let my kids watch Cyber Chase. Okay, here we go. All right, the next one is teach your, so teach your kids to love God's word. Teach your kids, make church a priority. Teach your kids to obey authority. Teach your kids to love people. They are going to have a lot of people in their lives, and we have to teach them. How, you, how do you do this when you have little kids? Well, the Bible says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. And I think probably God knew that we would love ourselves a whole lot. So he reminded us to love our, our neighbor as much as we love. I love myself a lot, I'm afraid. So love your neighbor. Invite kids over. Have a mom in the room over for dinner or for coffee or just to play ice cream and cheap popsicles. It's fine. Invite them over. Let your kids play. This is the best training ground to help your kids learn how to share their stuff. And sharing their stuff means they stop thinking about themselves and their selfishness. And that's really important. Invite a mom over that you love, one of your bestest buddies, but then invite another mom over you don't know and have a a time together. I've done that multiple times and it makes it so much easier because you have another person you know, you're comfortable with, but you can invite two other moms over and it makes it fun. It's not always the same mom all the time. Let your kids have friends over. If they want to have a friend over, say sure. Make that be one of your yeses. Invite kids over. And here's what I do. My kids always struggled coming up with what to do when they had their friend over. Yes, I've got my friend over. This is so exciting. Now what do we do? Now what do we do? And they're like, we're bored. And I'm like, okay, can we watch a movie? No, you have a friend over. You want to talk to your friend. So help them. Just like you need help having people over. Maybe you've asked another mom or another woman how to do it. Help them. Put out board games on the table. Get the Legos out all over the floor. Who cares? It's going to take 15 minutes to pick them up. Put out cookie mix stuff so they can bake cookies. Okay, maybe not your four-year-old, but if you want to do it with them, go ahead. Do it. Make the time for them to have fun and give them some ideas so they can think of how to do this and to have friends over. And if you can, invite other moms over. And if you have a house that isn't very big, nobody cares. Or you can go to the park. Or I remember walking around the mall with some women because it was fun and that was the only thing we could do in the winter because we didn't have all these other fun things. So invite them over. Also talk to your kids about how to love people and how to deal with people who are hard to love. I know that my kids have been mean at times to other people and they've had to go and say, I'm sorry, teach them to do that. Walk it through them, help them learn how to say they're sorry. Help them learn how to forgive somebody who's been mean to them. Remind them to forgive. Don't let them keep harbor anger and hurt in their heart. Teach them to forgive because if you do that, 
that will help them all their lives. And God can help them to forgive. And encourage and love on your own kids. Like, tickle them and goof around with them and play with them. Don't always be task-oriented. Stop and read a book with them. Go on, try their scooter. I did it last night. I will not do it again, okay? And no one was watching, so no one videotaped me on the, you know, when I hit the bump and, like, flew over the top and I made it. I'm alive. Okay, so do the fun things with them because it'll teach them how to love. All right. I have no idea about my time. I forgot about my time. I'm sorry. Okay, I'm going to go fast and finish up. Okay. The next one is pray, the last one, pray for your kids and pray with them. This is super important that you do this every day. The Bible says, do not worry about anything, but in everything by prayer and petition, present your request to God. And the peace of God which transcends all understanding will guard your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus. If you're worried about your kids or you're concerned about them, pray. Just stop and pray. Throughout your day, make a habit. When you do certain things, like when I do breakfast dishes, I'm going to pray for pick a kid. Or I'm going to pray when I'm in the shower. Um, You can even sing and pray. It'd be okay. Pray whenever you want to. Pray for your kids. When it comes into your brain, just stop. You do not have to spend 45 minutes praying for each kid. You can just pray a little bit. And God is very, very, very kind to us in our prayers. He knows you're busy and you have little kids and you you don't always think about it. So when you think about it, pray for them. And um, pray with your kids too. And pray with your kids Pray for them to grow up to love God and serve him all the days of their lives. In your prayers, in front of them, so they hear it. So they hear this is what you want them to do. Um, I was really encouraged last year. My kids went to public school last year for the first time. And when they went, I was praying a lot for them because it was very new to them. And I was very worried about what was going to happen and what they were going to be doing and what was life going to be like and was there going to be a bully and all those kinds of things. And I said, no, I'm going to pray. So I made a commitment and I worked hard. I did not do it every day perfectly. (laughs) I can tell you sometimes where I worried too much and I sinned. But I made a commitment to pray for them. And it was interesting Oh, and and I will tell you that my husband did too. And my husband has this phrase he asks the kids whenever they're like having problems, he'll say, did you pray about it? He asks them that a lot. And so they've heard this. And so all four of my kids in school at one point last year said to me, like one of them said, I I went out on the playground and I I didn't know who to play with. And I, I thought, I don't even know what to do. And they said, but I prayed, mom. And then all of a sudden there was a kid that came over to me and talked to me. They were seeing God answer his prayer, and they began to pray because that's one thing that we have pushed on them. Now, granted, I'm not perfect, and there's many days I told you I worry, and I don't pray. So make it a habit to pray for them and with them. So those are your five non-negotiables. You have to do them. They're principles like you drink water every day. You know, you get to the end of the day, and you go, I'm so tired, I don't feel good, what's wrong with me, I have a headache. And you go, oh, I forgot to drink water all day long, so I'm going to drink water. It's not like on the first of the, January 1st, you drink your water and you're done for the year. It doesn't work like that. You have to do these consistently. And if you mess up, you get back on track. If you forget to drink water, you start seeing signs of problems, you go back and you pick up your water bottle, or you go to the sink and you fill up your cup and you drink, and you feel better. Make them principles. Now, on your travels of motherhood, like I did to go to Florida, you're going to have some things that, well, I'm going to call them negotiables. They're your choices. You know, when you're driving along, do we stop at Chick-fil-A and get yummy waffle fries and and frozen lemonade? And hmm. Okay, anyway, do we stop there on our way, or do we pack our own picnic lunch and stop at a rest stop? It's a choice. 
What do you want to listen to on the way down to Florida? Do you want to listen to um, a podcast on history? Do you want to listen to the radio? Or should we, should we put a book on tape in there for the kids? What should we listen to? Well, it's just a choice. What car do you want to take? Do you want to take your car or my car? Well, my car's really dirty right now, so we're taking your car. Whatever you choose, these are your negotiables. They are tools along the journey. They are great, but there's not anything inherently sinful in any of the things I just mentioned. And what I'm going to tell you right now are choices along the way. But here's the problem. We as moms, we start making these things I'm going to talk to you about our vision. Somehow we mess up, and I have done it, and this becomes our destination. And we forget all about those five non-negotiables that I just talked about. So, here they are. Now, I'm, I'm kind of asking them in a weird way. I see you have five spots on there, so I'm going to tell you in five ways, but I'm asking them in questions. So, I don't know what you want to write down, but here we go. What is it? These are things you can pick. And if your friend picks something different, it's okay. So, here we go. What do you personally absolutely love? What's something that you love to do and you really want to teach your kids to do it? Some of you out there are sewers and you really want to teach your kids to sew. You just think it's cool and fun and you enjoy creating something with fabric. Maybe it's you love to paint and you want your kids to have art lessons or you want to provide art supplies. Sure, do it. Maybe you loved playing softball in high school and you loved the camaraderie of the friendships and it was just great. Great. If your kid, encourage them to try a sport. But none of these things are your destination. They're just things along the way. And here's the problem. When these, when these things I just mentioned, and there's many more in this category, could overtake the things, the negotiables, the non-negotiables, then there's a problem. Number two is what is it you see your kid is really good at or what do they love? Maybe your child is really good at math. And you think, you know, they could really like to participate in some kind of a or science, you know, robotics club, you know, then yeah, sign them up for robotics. If you think they really, if they come and go, I really want to play clarinet, I really want to play clarinet, then you say, okay, we'll get you signed up for clarinet. Let's see if we can figure that out. Maybe your kid, you see that they love to take apart things. Like, I actually have a, I'm going to throw them out there. I have a almost 21-year-old who just said to me when I was going to throw a toaster out, can I have that? So, you know, let him open it and break it open. He, he said, I'm just going to show it to the, my little brothers and show them what's inside. You know, yeah, right. He wants to see. Okay, anyway, let him go ahead and do that and encourage them. If your kid doesn't break open a toaster, that doesn't mean your kid isn't going to follow God for the rest of their lives. It's just how God makes them. And it's just different. I never in my life have ever thought, what is inside of a toaster? I just want to say. Okay, other than the toast that I can't get out, right? Okay. Number three, what is it that your whole family can do? What's something that your whole family loves? Maybe your family loves hiking, and you're going to go on these hiking trips, or you're going to go to every metro park and enjoy walking. Great. Do it. But if you hear a friend whose their family loves to, I don't know, put on plays in their house, that's okay. You don't have to put on a play, you know? It's fine. What does your family love? Who can you serve? What can your whole family do? Maybe you like to camp. Maybe um, your family, you have a, some way they can learn how to work in a job. I remember being somewhere and a man said, and I was shocked that he said this, he said, the only way children can learn how to manage money is if you have a family business. I thought, what? Are you crazy? Like, that does not work. You know, we can't all own our own businesses. And reality is, we have a family business. Our kids have really learned to work and they get paid in it and they have learned to manage money. Not perfectly. I've got a couple that spend a lot. But anyway, but... 
That may not be your case, so maybe you give allowances and you help them that way. Do what works, it's just a choice. It's a negotiable on the mission. Maybe, the other thing we have as moms is mini missions, I call them. They're little missions like potty training, which we all wish would happen faster. It's a short term, it's just this little chunk of time, and you wanna get through that mission. You should always have those going on for your kids. This summer, my eight-year-old, and I know some of you are gonna, no judgment here, okay? My eight-year-old did not know how to make toast. I know it's crazy, he's eight, you'd think he should. It's because he has two sisters who are just above him who just do it, like they just do it for him. And I had to say to them, do not make him toast this summer. I want him to learn how to make toast, how to clean it up, how to spread the peanut butter and everything. He's becoming too lazy, he can do this. And they were like, really? And I just caught one of them this morning making him toast. Okay, anyway. But uh, it was a mini mission. It was something I really wanted him to learn how to do. And we accomplished it. But it, it's not going to mean that he's going to grow up and love and serve God all the days of their lives. It's just, he can make toast. That's pretty good. Um, the last one is a really hot topic. And I don't know if it's a hot topic here, but it's a hot topic in lots of places. And that is school choices. And here's why I left it for the last one, because this is what I did. I made my choice of school become my destination. I remember when Jacob was in my stomach, my oldest, I laid in bed at night and I actually envisioned what my homeschool room was gonna look like. I literally did this. I know I'm a dork, but I did. I was excited, I thought about all the books, I looked up curriculum, I couldn't wait to homeschool. I had made it slowly my destination. This is what I thought was gonna make my kids who I wanted them to be. Well. Fast forward some years, Jacob was 7th and 8th grade, and poor Jacob, I'm just throwing him out there today. Um, we did this every day. It was horrible. And um, I can't even believe that he still likes me. Anyway, I was kind of mean. I was, I want him to do school the way I want him to do it, in the order I want him to do it. And at one point, Bill said to me in the evening, in April that year, he said, listen, I'm sick of hearing Jacob tell me how mean you are. And I am tired of hearing Jake, you tell me how disrespectful Jacob is. He's going to school next year, public school, he'll be fine. Call the school tomorrow, he told me which one to call, set up an appointment. I was like, what? No, this does not fit in what I have for my destination. Homeschooling is it, I'm gonna do great, my kids are gonna love God, look at what great things are gonna happen because I'm their teacher. Well, I had to go back to my principal, and I knew those principles. And my, one of my principles, if you remember, is honor, teach your kids to honor authority. I didn't want to. I was like the little kid who sat in the chair and said, I'm you know, sitting on the outside, but I'm standing up on the inside, when their mom told him to sit down. But I did. I did. I went to the school. I signed Jacob up. I can't even tell you the blessings God gave me out of doing that. And one of them is that Jacob has a job in the field he likes right now that he probably can keep for the rest of his life working at General Motors. And he's a college student in engineering and the school we picked happened to have that bent. I never could have taught him that. I mean, you cannot give somebody enough toasters to teach him how to be an engineer, okay? But it's good. And I am so thankful for the women that went before me that said, obey your husband. Listen to him, because it was good. Okay, but here's the thing. About three years later, God flipped my whole thing around because sending one kid off was easy. But through a series of things that were very, very hard, God clearly told me to stop homeschooling. It was some of the hardest things I've ever done. It was so hard because I still, in the back of my brain, had this idea that homeschooling was going to make my kids what I wanted them to be. But it didn't. And so 
I had to make a decision, and I remember Bill and I talking about it. It was a little easier this time because I knew I had good experience with Jacob. So I sent my kids off to school. I mean, they've only been in public school for two years. It's not like, wow, we're doing, not even two years, like less than two years. But it's been good, and I've seen them learn and grow, and I saw them do things this year that I could not have taught them at home. Now, I'm not saying if you're homeschooling, run your kids off to your local public school and sign them up. I'm saying do what God calls you to do and don't make school choices your destination. They're part of your journey just like Chick-fil-A and getting your waffle fries. It's just part of your journey to get where you need to be. Okay, I have two final words. Number one, I gave you a ton of information. Probably overloaded some of you and some of you are like, whoa, I don't even know where to start. I encourage you to start by reading your Bible every day. Making that be the first thing and most important thing you do. If you're already doing that, then great. Then start on something else. Maybe let your kids have a friend over next week. Or invite another mom over with her kids and make an effort to do that. Just start small and move into it. And in Galatians 6, 9, it says, And let us not grow weary in doing good. For in due season, we will reap if we do not give up. We need to keep going with our kids. In principles that keep them going And I also want to say that there are times that our kids grow up and they don't follow God, but we are still commanded by God to do these things and teach them these ways. So I hope that you're encouraged, and I hope that you go home with some new and fun things to do and a plan, because having a plan is huge on any trip you go on. Thanks. Oh, should I pray? No? Okay, let me pray. Um, Heavenly Father... It is an honor to be able to be here with all these lovely ladies, and I am so grateful to you that we can go to your word and we can see what you've called us to do. I pray that you would encourage each one of these women that they will not grow weary in doing good, that the good they're doing for their families, for their children, in those principles we talked about, that they will keep going. And when they fail, because we will, that they will go, go back on track and trust you, that they will go to other wise women and get encouragement and that you, through your word, will encourage them every day. I pray this in Jesus' name, amen. Well, that was helpful, wasn't it? In laying out some foundational truths. As Julie mentioned, the one vision and prayer that we should have as Christian mothers is that our kids love and serve God their whole lives. So she mentioned those five non-negotiables as foundations for growing as a Christian mom and then leading our children in the way that they should go. I heard early on as a mom that if I wanted my children to be godly, I needed to be godly myself. I'm not saying that's a formula to follow and that that will always happen that way, um, but rather it's a reality that our kids learn more by what they see in us than by what they're told by us. And both things are important, what we live and what we say, but maybe that greater impact is what they see. Um, I love how practically and joyfully Julie showcases our role as mothers, and I hope that you are blessed and encouraged to hear that as well. Thank you for listening. We pray that you are blessed. And remember, uh, when everything around you is shaken, you can stand unshaken because of our rock and our fortress, because of God. Until next time.